0: You can create as many other coins as you want, but I think eventually people will see that not the store value is in what's proven, what's reliable, and what's got some of the greatest minds working behind it.
1: This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys, Bitcoins. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode.
2: Well, good morning, Ferris. It's good evening for me. So you're on coffee and I'm still on beer or an Irish whiskey, actually. Irish coffee. Um, So I am looking at CoinMarketCap or you could be looking at any uh, index or exchange about the prices and I see Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Diamond.
0: What the heck is going on? Which is the real Bitcoin? So, yes, yeah, this is a question I get asked often and it does unfortunately still lead to some confusion. So when the Bitcoin white paper was released 2008, um, the code that created Bitcoin Um, and that is simplifying the um, technical aspects there was open source which basically meant unlike the secret formula to coca-cola which is kept very secretive open source means anyone can download the code and use it and people just went ahead and used the blockchain um, technology to create their own coins so when we say Bitcoin, most people are referring to the Bitcoin that was created by Satoshi Nakamoto in two thousand and eight and then went on to um become the one we know today. But other people have copied that code and miners can just go ahead and join any new bitcoins like the ones you just mentioned. Now I'll price a whole lot in there that needs to be um I watered down or detailed at some point.
2: Well, That's interesting because this may be a really short podcast because everyone knows that the inventor of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, a.k.a. Craig Wright, and Bitcoin SV is the real Bitcoin because in Satoshi's white paper, it mentions Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer electronic
0: cash. So is Bitcoin SV the real Bitcoin? So when we say real, probably not the best use of terms, um, because technically, you could argue is Bitcoin actually real, um, but we don't want to get into that philosophical debate. <laughs> so what, what makes Bitcoin Bitcoin? Um, and we developed our whole you know, coin Compass business around focusing on only this one. So it has two things going for it. One is the network effect. It's been around a lot longer. Um, than any of these other ones. They're only a few years old. Bitcoin hit its 10-year anniversary. Um, That's the aspect number one, network effect. Um, It's got a lot more... um, It's a lot more robust than all these other ones because the blockchain itself is 10 years old. And we've done podcasts on this where it's essentially almost unhackable by any of the government, even if all governments join forces. It'd just be way too expensive for them to hack. Um, the aspect that I really appreciate about it is who's um, working on Bitcoin because the be world's most renowned cryptographers, um, tech engineers, um, computer scientists, they're all working on, on Bitcoin by choice. And I always think of what would you rather, a good idea or good people? And you want good people because the wrong people could stuff up a good idea. And this is where, again, we decided that, yeah, the core developers that are working on Bitcoin are some of the most respected minds of our generation. And they voluntarily chose to work on Bitcoin. And obviously there's an incentive for them to keep it going because their wealth, their personal wealth is tied up in Bitcoin. If for some reason all those core developers joined and left and there was no one substantial working on Bitcoin, then we would question Do we really want to be in this coin or join another one that they started up again. Interesting. So
2: this is unlikely to happen, but if the Bitcoin core developers tomorrow created Bitcoin 2 or Bitcoin 3 or whatever we're up to now, Bitcoin 145, that would be the new Bitcoin, because the network effect, the developers, the community, the social aspect,
0: all the effects have moved to that new coin. Yeah, and we actually saw this happen with Ethereum, didn't we? we Ethereum had a split, and people that remained with the original Ethereum just rebranded it Ethereum Classic. And that has really gone nowhere since
2: yeah, so the, that was kind of the opposite. Well, probably the opposite of what happened. Like the Ethereum Classic was basically the original Ethereum chain, and that code base didn't change. But all the development, all the, uh, the social effects and all the things that you talking about before, the network effects, have gone with Ethereum. So it's kind of been pretty
0: much left behind. Yeah. Yeah, so... um yeah. So a lot of questions that we have been getting and we were getting in 2017 during the whole ICO spec bubble is, well, if Bitcoin can be copied, then where is its value? And I think that's, that's it. A, it's a network effect. Like, you know, we've tried, we've seen so many replacements for Facebook try and come out, but mm-hmm. it was the first one really there. And it's still the strongest one. Um, and I'd
2: have to take issue with that, though, because Facebook was about the seventh or eighth incarnation of a social media aspect. And a lot of people make the straw man argument of, oh, well, you know, Facebook took over MySpace. MySpace had the network effect, had the users, had the developers, had the platform. What is to say that another Bitcoin killer is going to come along like Facebook and completely wipe them off the map?
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. And I think with Bitcoin, so and we've I think we've done an episode about this where we talk about um digital currencies. So we had we had digital currencies before Bitcoin, but Bitcoin it's a proof of work algorithm that makes it what it is. Um and not only that, but consensus. So and this is something that we we need to delve into is explaining um what is consensus. And how is it that a miner can basically go decide with a flick of a switch or a stroke of a keypad, sorry, edit, with um, just pressing a, his keyboard can decide I'm no longer mining this Bitcoin. I'm mining Bitcoin, the new millennium or Bitcoin 3.1 or something. So that is something worth talking about is just explaining how consensus in Bitcoin works. So
2: let's go through an example. Of say a minor change and a major change. So with Bitcoin, and a lot of people complain about the 10 minute block size, block time, sorry. Let's say that uh, we don't want to wait for 10 minutes for confirmations to happen, especially when you're purchasing coffees and items from a, say a store or something like that. So we're gonna open we're gonna go to bitcoin.org, download the software, open up notepad, and we're gonna search for the line that says 10 minutes and we're going to change that to one minute we're then going to blast that on social media on twitter we're going to contact all kinds of people to get behind our bitcoin i don't know what we call we're going to call it bitcoin coffee so our bitcoin coffee is exactly the same as normal bitcoin but we've changed the uh, block time from 10 minutes to one minute And then we're going to release it. So we're going to create a website, BitcoinCoffee.com. We're going to get, I don't know, popular people in Bitcoin to follow our coin. And we're going to launch it. So just that one minor change, what's going to be the effect of that on the whole crypto market?
0: So I've been thinking about this, and I actually believe that the best way to explain how Bitcoin um, works is to understand um how a democracy works. Because if you have, you, know, you look at it, you know, we've got the American elections coming up next year, we'll use that as an example. So Trump is not the only person running. The Democrats will have someone and then you can have independents, you can have as many people running as you like. So they're allowed to put their hat in the ring and you don't need any qualifications other than you just had to be born in the USA. That's basically the only prerequisite. So same a with what of you're money. saying is that, <laughs> same with what you're saying is that you can basically implement a new change to the Bitcoin network, but people need to vote for it. And how do people vote for it? They vote for it by switching their miners to your Bitcoin coffee. And if everyone said, okay, this whole Bitcoin thing has been around for 10 years, I want something new, they start mining Bitcoin coffee. So what they're actually saying is this guy, Gordon, who's just created, just changed one line of code. I put more trust and value in what he's created than this Bitcoin that's been around for 10 years and is robust. And it's the same thing with elections, like, um, you know, the people with, as you just said, the most amount of money, the most amount of professional experience, they're the ones that tend to win um, in, in elections. So even though it's you know free and fair democratic elections, there's still a big influence there. So with Bitcoin, the influence is what? has been around for 10 years, and it's got the world's most respected um, engineers and scientists working on it. So anyone can go ahead and say, I'm releasing this new Bitcoin. But the people that actually run Bitcoin are not insiders. Um, they're not lobbyists. They're people. And they're people on the network that say, okay, I am spending money on the hardware that I did by Bitcoin. I put a lot of research into it. I put a lot of my time into it. I'm paying electricity to mine Bitcoin. What does this Bitcoin coffee offer? More than Bitcoin, and they they actually have to then put their economic forces into play and say, "Yep, I'm switching over." And we've had 2,000 cryptocurrencies pop up in the last few years, and countless. it's just made Bitcoin stronger. Um, a really good podcast I listened to was with um, Tour, the Meester and Charlie Lee, where Tour used the analogy of a website.com. Now, .dot com is not the only. Um, oh, what's the term, Gordon? Domain. Yeah, thank you. Domain. Tld. Um, yeah, for a website, you can have. There's so many others out there, but anyone who started a business, and we went through this as well, you try to find a .dot com address because that's just what people are used to. Yeah, I think as you said. The incentive
2: for the people who control the Bitcoin network, and there's a quite a bit of debate on who that actually is. Is it the Bitcoin developers? Is it the miners? Is it the nodes? But if we release something like Bitcoin coffee tomorrow morning or whenever that coin got in the exchanges, you may have Bitcoin at $7,000. You've got Bitcoin coffee at uh, less than a cent. So what is the incentive for a miner to switch over to that coin? Absolutely none. So that's a, that's a trivial example, of course. But some of the forks that happened a couple of years ago, and we'll get into the uh, three major ones, Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin Cash, and Bitcoin SV, were over simply the change of the block size or the block weight, which meant that in theory, you could have faster transactions, sorry, more transactions, which led to faster transactions. That was the major change. There were a couple of them minor changes and innovations but essentially it was over the a couple of small well not small a couple of seemingly insignificant but actually enormously uh, significant technical changes to the bitcoin protocol it wasn't trying to inflate the money it wasn't trying to like give more control to the developers or anything like that it was for example in the case of bitcoin cash changing the block size the number of transactions that can fit into one 10-minute block from one megabyte to eight megabytes and that caused you know the
0: the biggest bitcoin fork that we've seen so far Yeah. yeah and no one's forked again since so yeah it's funny i i think of this and um you work in it for large you know um banks in australia um yeah, and my experience talking to IT people is that, all right, the IT department is actually the most important department of any large business. Let's be honest. If you want to know something about a business, you go to its website. Um, you use payment solutions, all this kind of stuff. So the IT department has to be the most important department of any large uh, corporation. At the end Absolutely of the day.
2: not. It's the finance department and who pay your bills.
0: <laughs> who pays your salary? Right? That's the most right. important person. Who sets up the software for that to happen okay there you go the i t department is the most important department of any business. where's the i t department usually put? Are you on the you know are you in the corner office? Are you in the highest floor? no you're stuck in the basement so talking to a lot of i t people, the frustration is is that the you know, and i'm, I'm, I'm going to be generalizing here, but the CEOs, the management committee. IT is not their area of expertise, but they don't trust their IT department to say when their IT department says, okay, we need to um, start a whole new platform rather than working on this 20, 30 year old archa- archaic platform that you're trying to get us to fix with duct tape. Let's just um, take our time, start a whole new platform. You know, the guys at the top go, no, that's not what we want. We want, you know, Quick solution. So there's a lot of friction between the IT departments and the management committee because management committee tell the IT department what to do. IT department go, don't get to do what they believe is best efficient practice. You don't get that with Bitcoin. The guys that are working on it are doing it voluntarily. They're taking their time to do it. So with the Bitcoin split that you're talking about, well, the beauty of it is that Bitcoin, um, eventually introduced a lightning network. And the Lightning Network had been tried on Litecoin for, what, two years before they brought it across to Bitcoin? Mm, so I don't it think actually, it that long, but yeah, it was definitely on Litecoin. It was at before, least a yeah. year. Yeah, it was at least a year. So for one year, they tried it on Litecoin, which everyone argues is a test pod for Bitcoin. Said, okay, this thing works. We've had a year to test it. It's not going to damage the network. Let's bring it across. Now, I don't think you would get that in your standard corporate setting. Like, oh, give us a year before we introduce a new product when businesses are thinking in quarters as a long-term solution.
2: Yeah, it's a good point with the innovation and the rapid pace or lack of rapid pace of development because, as you said, like working in a bank, you have the most amount of bureaucracy and red tape insanely possible. I remember some days I'd sit at my desk, I have 21 pending work requests and I can't do a single thing. I'd sit there for a couple of days, you know, twirling my thumbs because I'm waiting for other people to approve stuff. That's actually one of the arguments that some of the other blockchains like Ethereum and some of the other newer ones actually say about Bitcoin. It's too slow. It's too hard to make changes. The governance structure is too slow. There's too much red tape, blah, blah, blah. And they actually see that as a disadvantage. Um, I actually see that as an advantage, you don't want to move too fast, too quickly. And that mm. used to be uh, Ethereum, not to pick on Ethereum because I think they're great. That used to be their ethos is, you know, code fast or move fast and break things and then fix it again. And it's like, well, that's okay if you're developing a mobile phone app or, you know, website for a small business. That's not okay mm. when you're talking about a global currency to replace central banks. So I think that the fact that Bitcoin Core has the smartest people, as you said, the, the smartest academics, the smartest programmers, economists, the smart smart amount of research is mm-hmm. actually important and the fact that changes don't just get, you know, straight through, they get debated sometimes painlessly and, yeah, that is one of the disadvantages of having that kind of governance system, but it's very important yeah. because those changes are tested they're gone through rigorous intellectual debate, sometimes trolling on Twitter, but eventually you're going to come up with the best solution because that best solution has been, you know, tested. That best solution has been debated to the nth degree and yep. come up with a solid proposal or solid systems and
0: proposals that eventually get implemented. Following up on what you said, Gordon, about people taking their time to work on The Bitcoin blockchain and they're not going to put in, um, new protocols or new software, um, upgrades until it's actually tried and tested until they're comfortable with it. So the core developers will introduce a new protocol and then the community will vote on whether they want to implement it or not. And they vote on it by through their mining power. Now, another example I'm stealing from I think it's Chordemister as well, who used the analogy of the pyramids. Now you live in Southeast Asia where you know they can put up a twelve story building in you know a few weeks practically. A few so days. Why is it that yeah, why is it that people visit the pyramids? Is it their scale or is it the fact that they've been there for you know three to five thousand years? I
2: wanna see so, how the aliens built it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're kinda of killing my
0: point here. <laughs> Sorry. So with that, I do like um, thinking of Bitcoin as the pyramids because this is something that we are building to last a very long time. And it needs exceptionally strong foundation. One interesting point about the pyramids is that um, they're built on sand, but the pyramids have actually sunk into the ground less than a modern day skyscraper. That's how amazing the build was behind them. So, yeah, it was probably aliens. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so with Bitcoin, to me, that's how you should perceive Bitcoin, is we're not building something quick. We're building something solid. And you want it to last a very, very long time. So, yeah, it goes back to the, um, the IT analogy. Do you want, Do you want speed or do you want safety? There is a trade-off there. Yeah, and, and Bitcoin
2: is expensive through the proof of work algorithm and the uh, amount of energy and electricity that needs to be spent to prove that that work has gone into it, and that's what secures the network. And it's actually yeah. slow by design. So maybe that ten-minute block time was sort of, you know, sort of a guess. It probably was by Satoshi. Could have been five minutes. It could have been twenty minutes. But it's not 30 seconds and it's not five seconds and it's slow for a reason so that the Bitcoin network with all its nodes, when more and more nodes come onto the network, the amount of bandwidth and the amount of messaging and the amount of speed that is required actually grows exponentially.
0: It is worth checking out the um, Lightning Network podcast that we did that, it, that will basically explain what Gordon's talking about. Um, And it's funny. We talk about Bitcoin being slow. We got to remember what we're comparing it to. We are comparing it to other cryptocurrencies where we think, oh yeah, it's slow. But if we are comparing it to the traditional bank system, it isn't. It is really fast. I did a Bitcoin basics talk at a pub where On the spot, I got a guy to download a Bitcoin wallet. He'd never done this before. Download a Bitcoin wallet, and I sent him some Bitcoin. Now that was all done in less than ten minutes. So, if what were the other options? This was a Friday night. The um, banks are closed, so I would have to get his bank account details to send him. I sent him ten dollars worth of Bitcoin to do the same thing. It would have taken two to three days, and we managed to do it on the spot in the night. So. Bitcoin is slow if you are comparing it to Visa um, and uh, credit cards when you're paying for something on the spot. If you are talking about peer-to-peer sending money from one person to another, it's the fastest thing out there um, comparing it to the SWIFT banking system by a lot.
2: Yeah, and what what a lot of people don't realize because they're not merchants and they've never sort of had a website or accepting payments is that from a merchant point of view your settlement can actually take 30 to 60 days with visa or mastercard yeah so some of those yeah. credit cards even paypal as well they have a fairly long not that long but settlement period because people can do chargebacks people can say oh i got double charged or i want to send back the product whatever it is and so from a merchant point of view you might not actually get paid worst case scenario until 60 days so yep. you're talking about a 10-minute block. Um, if you wanted to wait for two confirmations as a merchant, you're waiting 20 minutes to get paid
0: versus 60 days. So I, I, that's incredible. Yeah, so Bitcoin, we, it's funny, we complain about Bitcoin being slow, but that is insider talk. For people listening to this podcast who are learning about Bitcoin, and we're presuming that's where our audience is at this point, it is incredibly fast. Within 10 minutes, you can send Bitcoin to somewhere Anywhere in the world, the person doesn't even have. Sorry, the recipient does not need to have a bank account. They just need a smartphone. That's it.
2: Well, not even a smartphone. In some of these projects in Africa, they're doing it via SMS. There, there you go. Yeah. So going back to the original topic, what makes Bitcoin? Bitcoin, and there are different versions, as we've discussed. You could look at any chart, and you'll see, you know. 10 or 20 different copies of Bitcoin, what does make
0: Bitcoin Bitcoin? So to me, it's the two things I'm going to stick on. One is essentially um, it is a network effect. Um, Something I didn't mention before as well is the cap supply. So Bitcoin's only ever going to create 21 million Bitcoins. A lot of these other coins, they don't do that. They're just going to print as many as they want. So it's that cap supply which gives Bitcoin store of value. And yeah, the people were working on it. Um you know, 20 years ago, if someone came to you and said Microsoft is going to create an encyclopedia. And there are these other guys who no one's ever heard of, and they're going to release an encyclopedia for free. Which one do you think is going to be more successful? Everyone would have said, Oh, I'm going to buy the Microsoft one. I think I'd invest I'd invest behind that. Well, everyone has heard of Wikipedia. No one's heard of Encarta these days. And that is open source. So we think of Linux operating system, Wikipedia. These things are open source that people are working on voluntarily. Um, And that's the thing with Bitcoin. These people are working there because they want to be working there. They're not working there for a paycheck because it's part of their job description. It's what they want to be doing. It's what they're passionate about. So so long as the best people in the world are working on Bitcoin, um, I am staying, staying with it, and you can create as many other coins as you want, but I think eventually people will see that not the store value is in what's proven, what's reliable, and what's got some of the greatest minds working behind it.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with all the above, but I think it's really simple in that you go on to CoinMarketCap.com, you look at Bitcoin, the top coin is worth 7125 Bitcoin Cash is the fifth coin, it's worth $206. And Bitcoin SV, the ninth coin, is worth $92.11. So I think the market has already spoken as to what is
0: the real Bitcoin. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And again, the premise of Bitcoin Basis podcast is in the title, we want to make understanding Bitcoin basically simple for anyone and everyone. Please comment, make sure you give us a five-star review if you think we earned it, and um, subscribe to our YouTube channel where there's a lot more as well.
2: Absolutely. And if you are Craig Wright, do not sue us because I said
0: you are the real Satoshi. (laughs) That's an insider joke for you, people. Okay. Right. Thanks,
2: Faris. I'm gonna to go to bed, and you're just gonna start your day. I am. Good night, everyone. Until next time. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit Coincompass.com/free to register, to our socials, and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain at free Until next time.
1: Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit CoinCompass.com for more information and please contact us.